It was reported tonight that uh, Andre Shurla was not available today to negotiate a move. Can you say anything about where that stands with his future at the club? Yeah, he's, he's released for, for talks with another club, but we won't agent. tell you anything about the club. Welcome to episode 241 of the Yellow Wallpot. I'm your host, Stefan Butzko, and we are here to talk about the preseason. And for that, join me, Lars Pohlmann. Hello, Lars. Hello, Stefan. How are you doing? Are you enjoying the summer? Uh, it's been 35 degrees centigrade, or I think about 95 or so Fahrenheit today. So I'm not... That's a resounding no. That I'm not particularly enjoying this predicament i'm in but the summer in general has been fine thanks very good very good before i introduce our next guest i will have to thank and very much so for two patrons who pledged during the off season which is even more special i would say because obviously we're not producing as much content as we usually are and uh, my thanks goes also goes out to nicolas campion who is a long-time listener, and uh, also to Stefan, who I assume is German. So uh, thanks very much, guys. It's uh, very much appreciated, and I hope we will, uh, especially when the next season really gets going, uh, we will uh, make sure that uh, you will be re rewarded with all the good content from our side. But uh, yeah, if anyone else wants to contribute please go to patreon.com slash the yellow wall and there you will find all the information so again thank you and uh yeah also here konstantin Eckner. hello konstantin hi stefan i've uh, seen on your various instagram posts that you are very well traveled this summer that's right potting all over the place here do, do you mind explaining yourself why are you around going around the world the entire time um it's fun so i'm doing okay. it all right Got, gotta spend the money somehow yeah i have to spend the money somehow right just exploring all the party locations you can find you know south spain morocco italy and go, go, going to the middle east uh later this summer right well but you are not going to england unlike as it seems one andre schule um He was well, not there for the Manchester City game and uh, the club then confirmed that he was released to negotiate with other clubs and I think the uh, hottest links are Crystal Palace and Fulham. Lars, do you think it's the right decision now for Dortmund to cut their losses on Andre Schöle and uh, yeah, basically wait for him to find another club? Disappear? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean... The, the right decision would probably have been to uh, make this judgment a little sooner because I think it was reported that he had only been told by uh, Favre or someone on Dortmund's staff 
during their trip to the United States that he wasn't uh, longer required. So I think that's kind of doing him a bit dirty. He's not done anything wrong, unlike uh, someone like Osman Dembele or Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He just happens to be not particularly talented and not a great player for Dortmund. So in a sporting sense, it makes perfect sense to let him go, especially with uh, big money clubs, which pretty much is every English club nowadays. So uh, after him, I mean, they can probably recoup about 15 to 20 million euros uh, of the 30 they paid for him. So that makes perfect sense. And uh, if they need help, I, I think I have a wheelbarrow somehow uh, somewhere. So I'm, I'm, I could take him to London myself if if need arises. <laughs> yeah, I really wonder how you uh, <laughs> go over all that water, but um, sure, why not? Well, um, he can book a ship, but uh, I mean, ferry, you know. Yeah, speaking of fairy tales, uh, that's how you usually do it. I I, I would guess that a wheelbarrow also has some level of buoyancy, so that that might be okay as well. All right. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, uh, since Luca and I recorded uh, the uh, last episode where we were talking about which players we think need to go, and I think uh, Yamolenko was the second pick, he is out. Now he has gone to West Ham. Konstantin, any objections with him leaving the club again? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I mean, why, why not? It is a great piece of business, right? Are you selling him after I after suppose. one? Huh? Sorry. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, we selling him or selling him after after one season, uh, which was pretty disappointing, and getting so much money out of the deal. <sighs> yeah, God save England, I guess, and especially the Premier League because they have so much money. All right, I guess that covers our transfer segment of players that uh, <laughs> left the club. So um, we can turn our attention to Achaf Hakimi. He obviously joins Dortmund from Real Madrid on a two-year loan. I don't think Dortmund have a buy option. There was something reported about a matching option. But I don't know if that is of any value in two years and if Real Madrid then have an interest in, in signing him or not. We have to wait and see. Um, Konstantin, instant or, or first thoughts on, on Hakimi. Do you think he will... Improved Dortmund, do you think he is the player that Dortmund needs for the uh to to replace the aging Piszczek or you know have a backup? Well, first of all, it's uh pretty bad news for one Jeremy Tolian. Uh because Hakimi is pretty much an improvement over Tolian, especially watching the f the last few friendlies. Uh it's not like Tolian makes a statement for um you know being the first option at right back. Uh, or at left back because Hakimi can play both just like Toyon. Uh, and he has played, uh, on both sides, um, of the field, um, for Real Madrid in the, in the recent past. So, uh, yeah, Hakimi is pretty versatile, uh, can pretty much play at both sides, can, can pl uh, play cross passive with both feet, um, uh, can also play in the middle if needed, which is probably not something he has to do for Dortmund because there are four, uh, pretty, well-equipped um, centre-backs already in the team, and there's even rumours about a fifth one, so or you know, getting another one. Hakimi seems very attacking-minded. Do you think yeah, he will fit in with Favre? Of course, yeah, yeah, because because uh, what you already 
could have seen uh, watching the first friendlies against the two Premier League teams, Man City and Liverpool, is that um, the, the full fullbacks are asked to advance pretty fast uh, when Dortmund's building up, and so th- these these long balls can can come from you know left half back to the right back or from the right half back to or half space, sorry, for, uh, to, to the left back. Um, so you need someone who can you know make make uh, space pretty quickly and uh, that's what Hakimi does I mean he's pretty athletic and ha- is attacking minded as you said um, sometimes I think overrates his own triple abilities a bit uh, which can you know uh, bring him in hot water but whatever um, he will learn he's 19 so it's not it's not like there's time to uh, learn a, f- a few things especially under someone like Farfer who has a good, a pretty good track record when it comes to um, teaching fullbacks. Um, so I mean, just watch uh, or just look back at, at what he did at at uh, Tlatbach. He improved the uh, average uh, right back like Tony Janschke to almost national team level uh, of quality. So um, yeah, Kimi, I think uh, is someone who can help um, and someone who can give Pischek a run for his money because, as you mentioned, Pischek is in the in the last phase of his career and having someone like Hakimi um, who's fresh and athletic is, is pretty much what you ha- what you should do and should have. And so, yeah, we will see. Um, although it's only a loan deal, so um, d- don't expect that Hakimi will stick around after two years because he won't, probably. Yeah, I just wanted to ask that last, uh, taking a look into the looking glass, uh, do you how do you rate the chances of him to stick around? Constantine just said none at all, basically. Do you think there is a chance or do you think uh, one way or another uh, after these two years, if he plays well, he's going to move on? Well, I mean, Real Madrid have Daniel Carvajal, who's probably a top, I don't know, five right back in the world. Uh, he's a bit injury prone, but they just signed Javier Odriozola from, is it, uh, San Sebastian. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not, yeah, that. I'm not there that well versed in uh, Spanish mid table sites. Uh, so th- I mean, you would assume that they are pretty well covered for the next four or five, six seasons with those guys. I mean, Carvajal isn't that old. So, and right back is typically a position you can play at a high level at for a number of years. I mean, Real have the best left back in the world in Marcelo and he's, uh, relatively old. Uh, nowadays, so uh, I, I'm not sure that he's going to go back to Real after these two years, but obviously, uh, if he plays well, should have an opportunity to play in the Champions League two years in a row and have a decently sized role, I would imagine, because he is better than Torreon. Uh, there, there might be other clubs coming in for him. Uh, then again, Dortmund have, as you mentioned, a I guess right of first refusal almost, if, if you follow the NFL, a matching right, meaning they can if someone offers Real uh, an amount of money for the transfer rights of Hakimi, Dortmund can basically say, okay, we'll, we'll pay the same. And then uh, Real have said that Hakimi will go to Dortmund. So, I mean, and also uh, him being, uh, or his parent club being Spanish, there's also not a buyout option for Dortmund, uh, but a general buyout in his contract, which is rumored to be, uh, I think, about 45 million which sounds like an awful lot of money right now. But then again, how much money is that going to be after two more seasons of transfer inflation on the market? 
I don't think many people would have foreseen Dortmund paying uh, something around 50 million for two center backs a few years ago. So if Hakimi is the real deal, I, I wouldn't be shocked necessarily right now to say, to see Dortmund pay 40 odd million on a right back if they really want him uh, two years down the road. So uh, I, I wouldn't say the chances of him sticking around for more than these two years are particularly great, but also uh, I think that's two years down the road. And right now, uh, Dortmund have got a pretty talented player on a free, basically. I mean, I, I assume they only pay his wages, maybe a small gesture almost uh, of a loan fee. I think I read somewhere maybe that they paid like a million bucks, which is nothing nowadays. So they have a talented player. He played, I think, about 1,000 minutes last year in a very talented Real Madrid team, obviously. And it wasn't all playing uh, Recreativo Huesca in the second round of the cup. Whoever. Yeah, I, no, there's or, or whatever. Huesca, they, they just got promoted. That's why they were on my mind. Uh, okay. So he played decent minutes for a very good team. He's a talented player. He can play on both sides. So just enjoy it while he is here and don't always think about what's happening in 2020 or so. Yes, that is a very good approach to it. Um, I... I mean, 45 million are really nothing for a right back, I, I would say, considering it's, it's not really that easy nowadays to find a good fullback, especially if he can play on, on either side. So, um, yeah, I don't know if Dortmund will be able to hold on to him. And I think if you once played for Real Madrid, you probably have ambitions that are a little bit bigger and higher than Borussia Dortmund. And I won't blame him if he uh, opts to move away, but uh, nevertheless, it's, I think should give Dortmund enough time to find a replacement for Piszczek and, and facilitate that transition on the, on the right back position, which uh, obviously will happen at, at some point. And maybe also the same can be said for, for the left back position because Schmelz is also not uh, the youngest anymore. Yeah. But um, if I may real quick that you can also, because we've, everybody's basically talking about how in the world are they going to keep a hold of him? Well, uh, if you look at Dortmund's recent transfer success or lack thereof, uh, that could, you could make the argument that not being on the hook for more than two seasons for a 19 year old is also not the, the worst thing in the world, seeing as they've, uh, sold a few players and a few very talented players like Emre Moore or Michael Merino in the last few years after just one season. So having him under cost control for two years without having to, uh, find a trading partner or, you know, selling a, a club that wants to, to sign him if he doesn't work out at Dortmund, that can also be advantageous. So uh, I feel like, uh, as I said before, too much is being made out of whatever will happen in two years. I mean, we don't know that he's going to be good enough for Dortmund to actually want to keep him. So uh, I, I would just advise people to take a uh, wait-and-see approach with him. That I think you should do with every player. Um but you raise a very good point, and um, I guess we can look a little bit at, at transfer rumors. Um, I think uh, it, we we did forget one Eric Dorm, uh, which isn't oh, oh, isn't yeah. particularly odd, but you know, I mean, he was a Dortmund <laughs> player for a couple of years, so maybe we should uh, mention that he he's went, a World Cup winner. Yes, uh, as is he's a World Cup. Winner. As is when 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 I was writing down all the names, none of you told me. About Durm, so I'm glad that you think of him now, Lars. Otherwise, I would have skipped right past him. He just wasn't on, on my mind forever. Hey, yo. 
Oh man. All right. Last, then uh, you now have the uh, honor to um, talk about Eric's Dorm's transfer to Huddersfield. Hashtag nepotism. Yeah, I wish him good luck. That's all we really have to say about him, just because he was a virtual non-factor for this team for the better part of the last at least two years and probably even more. I mean, the the World Cup winner part also applies to uh, one Kevin Großkreuz, who is now playing in the third uh, in the third German division. So, uh, you know, it's it's he he's not really a World Cup winner in my opinion. Uh, He's seemingly a good guy, so it's it's nice for him to get a contract at a first division club anywhere in Europe because you could also say that going by his recent history, he's a pretty big, big risk to never ha actually see the field anywhere. So uh, it, it's a good deal for him and for Dortmund to get him off the payroll, possibly even getting a small fee for him. I mean, no brainer. Yeah, I think it uh, really says a lot about how risky it is to hire Eric Durm that uh, Huddersfield only offered him a one-year deal with an option to make it two years. That really says that nobody really wants to spend too much cash on him right now, which is understandable because, you know, when you are sidelined for that long, nobody really knows whether you can find your form or find your feet or whatever. So, all right, to the rumors. Um, Constantine... There has been a lot of talks about uh, Witzel from uh, one Chinese club. I don't know which one right now. Tianjin. Tianjin Quinjun, yes. Uh, coach, coached by Dortmund Champions Quan League. Had, yeah. Whatever. Coached by Dortmund Champions League winner Paulo Sosa, yes. Uh, you, you, you just created Re Reactivo Huesca, which is not a club, but <laughs> so now we are making up Chinese clubs. All right. <laughs> are you sure Recreativo Huesca is not like a 10th division uh, Sunday league team? How do you know sure. that? <laughs> uh, because it isn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, Axel Witzel. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, he could very well join Borussia Dortmund, right? Uh, rumors say so. And uh, although the rumors have been all over the place for the past few weeks, so we don't really know what's going on. Um, but of course, having watched the World Cup, even if you don't watch the Chinese League, which you should because it's exciting, probably, um, <laughs> you, you, you have probably watched the World Cup and Axel Witzel was, uh, played a big factor in Belgium's success, uh, being the holding midfielder um, next or behind Kevin De Bruyne, um, you know, playing in the, in the middle of, of Roberto Martinez, uh, system and, you know, being a big factor, especially defensively, also giving stability. Um, so yeah, Witzel has quite the odd career, um, uh, because he just, uh, you know, uh, moved to Zenit and then went to China and now he might join Dortmund, uh, 29 years old, which is uh, interesting. Uh, but I wouldn't, you know, dismiss him because of his career path. Um, yeah, he followed the money, or yes, has been following the money uh, for quite some time, which is, uh, you know, I mean, why not? He's a professional footballer, and probably he uh, just realized that he wouldn't uh, be on the Busquets level, so uh, why not just making as much money as you can? Um, so th there's this one caveat, why, you know, going to Dortmund, he won't get the 18 million, he, he just gets... Uh, in Tianjin. So we will see. Um, not even like 50% of his current wage Dortmund will, will be able to pay, I think. 
but maybe he has made so much money that he, f- that he thinks now he can play in a competitive league again um, after being down in Portugal for some time and then playing Russia. Um, maybe now he wants to prove himself and being closer to Belgium, which might also play effect. I don't know. I don't know what's his, what's his thinking. What's his you know what's his thinking right now? But uh, of course, it would be uh, a pretty big enhancement for the team uh, signing Witzel, especially for you know two or three years. I think he has still a lot of uh, gas left in his tank, um, and um, I think he would immediately join the top ranks of the center midfielders in the Bundesliga. You know, immediately right so from right is, from the get go. What are his strengths, weaknesses, and how would he fit into the Dortmund midfield? Oh, he's pretty much the Belgium Ravi Martinez, um, with, with maybe not as uh, sophisticated, uh, and he's maybe not as sophisticated of a passer as as Martinez, but uh, pretty much that he, he's he's what what you consider a holding midfielder. You know, Rudy Martinez, these guys. Who are, who are giving stability, who are helping out uh, all the players around them, um, being very precise um, and thoughtful when it comes to pass, uh, to passing, building up, um, not you know having all the magic someone like Dahoud has uh, in his feet, but um, giving giving you know security, providing security, um, and also defensively he has the right timing down, um, great tackler, great. Uh, just great in aerial duels, um, just great overall defensively and one-on-ones and also controlling space. He can control space pretty well. So, yeah, he's, he's someone like Ravi Martinez, basically. A l- l- little bit different, but him over... so- Sorry if I may in- sure. interrupt, but would you prefer him over Julian Weigel? Uh, no, n- no, not really. Um, Weigel brings something to the table uh, almost... No other number six in the world can can break to the table, uh, which is strategic uh, thinking um, and therefore superiority over, over your opponent. Um, you need so, you know, Weigel is basically the Busquets of Germany, and uh, which which tells you something because he can out- outsmart uh, opponents. That's not really what Witzel, Witzel does. Uh, but considering that uh, first Weigel is injured and second he might uh, leave Dortmund, another rumor. Um, I think Witzel would would be a pretty good uh, replacement. Although he's a different player, um, but having watched the, the first few friendlies on under Farfa, I think that Witzel would fit um, because the the, the center midfielder uh, in a four three three four four one four one. It's not us to do much in terms of building up. So maybe Weigel's talent would be wasted to some extent. I don't know. Um, and I think so Witzel could fit right in there and, you know, pro- provides, uh, the, the stability and, and the defensive uh, skills you need behind the midfield line because, uh, once the midfield line is passed, once Dortmund midfield line is passed, um, it's, it's all up to the, to the holding midfielder to interrupt the, uh, op- opponent and I think Witzel could do that very well, um, or at least you know block the center and um, pretty much force the opponent to go through the wings and um, that's yeah. So I wouldn't prefer him over Weigel, but is Weigel is twenty two years old and one of the most talented number six you can find in the world. So I wouldn't prefer him over him, but I think there's there's a either or here, right? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um... Lars, how likely do you think uh, it is for Julian Weigel to leave at this point? 
And uh, would you prefer him over Witzel as well? Well, in a vacuum, I would obviously go with all the points Konstantin just mentioned about Weigel's strategic brain and his passing ability, his age, which is very important, obviously. Uh, and also, uh, we can pretty safely assume that he's viewed as a potential leader of this team uh, internally, uh, yes. even despite some, you know, maturity issues he showed at uh, 1860 Munich, but that's really a long time ago now. So uh, from all he's shown at Dortmund so far, I think they still hold him in very high regard. So he would have to really want to leave and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, which is obviously the club most closely uh, associated with potentially making an offer for him would have to make Dortmund an offer they can't refuse. And, you know, that, that probably starts at 50 million, might even take more than that. Not that, uh, PSG have much, uh, many problems, uh, dishing out those kinds of offers for players they really want, especially seeing as they haven't actually signed anybody for transfer fee this summer, unless you count, uh, Kylian Mbappé, who already joined them last year. I mean, the only other, or the only signing they've made, if I'm not mistaken, is Gianluigi Buffon on a free transfer. So they, they had to sort out some financial fair play issues, but now they are going to go out and spend some money. There are strong reports in Germany that they are going to sign Jerome Boateng in the coming days. They, he, actually, they might have signed him by the time you are listening to this. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they came in with an offer that Dortmund really strongly consider, but seeing as most likely he can't even complete a medical at the moment with his adductor injury, uh, I, I don't know how likely that is. That uh, that's coming to fruition. Uh, it might be something they just put on the back burner for next season, and then probably Witzel wouldn't be still a factor for Dortmund just because uh, he's talked so much about wanting to come back to Europe that it seems to me unlikely that he's going to spend another season in China, even though uh, the Chinese transfer window is already closed, and typically they make the majority of their deals in the uh, winter window, so maybe... He sticks around for six more months and then moves in the winter window, which usually would take German clubs and especially Dortmund out of the equation because Dortmund are not going to spend uh, so much money for a player in the winter window. Not necessarily the transfer fee, but obviously he would command high wages and I don't think they are ready to commit something like that during the season. So my prediction right now would be that Weigel stays... Witzel stays and moves to, I don't know, uh, pick a mid-table side in the Premier League who can afford his wages, something like Everton or so, in the winter. Yeah, it's really a shame that Jürgen uh, Weigel is not fit right now because being a player of such integral position, I really would have loved to see what uh, Favre does with him, but uh, yeah. I guess we have to be very, very patient with that for, for now. I don't know how, how long his injury is. Um, last Dortmund have been linked with, uh, several holding midfielders or, or midfielders. Uh, do you think that, uh, even if Witzel doesn't come, that they will find or, or still, you know, try to sign someone because it seems like this uh, position is a priority to them? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. Uh, they were very much in the race for Lucas Torreira, who went to Arsenal uh, for 
a transfer fee that is probably going to be comparable to what Witzel will command. So maybe that's your price range, something in the Delaney plus, you know, four or five million range. Uh, they were also linked with, uh, Chiemue Bakayoko of Chelsea, which is not going to happen because they paid 40 million for him last, uh, last summer. Uh, so I, I, the, the thing is that right now I would only trust one of Dortmund's holding midfielders to actually play meaningful games. And that is Julian Weigel, who's injured. So uh, the other options are Thomas Delaney, who's really not a number six. He's a number eight that can play as a number six, I would say. Uh, Nuri Shahin, whose contract is up in 2019 and who doesn't have a long-term future at the club. Sebastian Rode. Eh, I don't know if he's really a number six in the Favre system, even though, as Konstantin said, the, uh, that player might be uh, free of some of the builder player obligations, so maybe that fits him better. Uh, but, you know, he's a constant injury concern anyway, so you can't really plan with him as a meaningful player in your team. And, you know, Janis Bornich is 19, uh, doesn't have experience uh, probably going out on loan, unless, which means he would have to sign a contract extension because he's only under contract until next summer. So, uh, what what sounds like there's a lot of options for Dortmund actually isn't all that, so I wouldn't be surprised if they signed another one. Personally, I would say unless they can get someone like Witzel or himself, you know, someone who's proven, who definitely brings qualities to the table that you don't have right now and who you can trust to be a starter in 30, 40 games a season, uh, I would probably not do it and, you know, focus my attention on the striker position because as I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, the, that position doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me, especially after watching the first few friendlies. No, I would say we can actually talk about it right now, unless uh, Konstantin had any suggestions for a holding midfielder other than Axel Witzel. Uh, Max Meyer. And Milan Bade, no, not forgetting. And Milan Bade, Bo both are still without papers right now, you know, out of contract. Um, so... Sign them up. Sign one of them up. Um, especially Max Meyer. Yeah. Just a bit controversy. Former Schalke player coming to Dortmund. Uh, or Milan Bade, who's of course older. Um, I think Meyer could be a great addition to the team. Um, since he's, you know, that there's no transfer fee. Of course, they have to give him probably some, some signing, uh, money. Um, some signing bonus, but, um, uh, that's all right. Um, so I think, if you get rid of Shine and Rhoda and these guys um, get getting a player like like Meyer would enhance your um, squad immediately. So why not? Why not thinking about him? <laughs> getting rid of Dortmund legend Shine to sign Max Meyer. I, actually, I, actually, actually, the moment I said it, I, I knew in my head I had a scenario of, of like some Dortmund fans now listening to our show. You know, sitting around <laughs> and, and like like punching their wall because like, what the hell? <laughs> You know, living legend Nuri Shahin goes out the door, joins Fortuna Düsseldorf, um, and right in comes Max Meyer. Yes, and favorite of all Lor fans. <laughs> there, yes, there, there will be there will be Loris driving around Gelsenkirchen with Max Meyer in the Dortmund shirt, saying something along the lines of uh, passion and whatnot until twenty twenty or something like that. Um, all right, this striker situation. Lars, um, you already alluded to that uh, right now the setup of Maximilian Philipp and Isak does not lend you too much confidence. Um, 
Do you have any confident shouts of players that could actually play in that position that Dortmund can target, or do you think it's it's going to be very tough for them to find a striker? I think my favorite rumor so far is uh, one of Mario Mandzukic, and I think if it works out, that would be a really good signing. Uh, other than that, any anything out there? Um, it's difficult. I mean, especially if someone uh, of importance goes. I mean, if Weigel were to leave, they would definitely make a transfer plus, or in terms of you know net gain or whatever. So they should have some money to go out and buy themselves a striker. The problem is that the striker market is quite uh, hasn't heated up to this point, and you know uh, with Real Madrid possibly in on. A really good striker this summer. There's a lot of chatter about some uh, movement from the Chelsea guys or players going to Chelsea in the case of Gonzalo Higuain. Uh, I, I'm not sure Manjukic is going to be available and uh, I also have some reservations about signing a 32-year-old uh, who's who's not been, you know, the, the greatest goal scorer of late. Usually, uh, if if... If you sign an older striker, you need to be sure that he can score the goals. Uh, and, and Manchukic's play is about more than that. I mean, he had a very good knockout stage in the World Cup. So maybe he's going to prove me wrong after signing for Dortmund tomorrow. But uh, more likely than not, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, watching the first few friendlies of Inter, I'm actually uh, quite sad that they didn't manage to sign Lautaro Martinez because he's been really good for them. And the kind of player I think who can do some of the things that, you know, the typical Gladbach striker did for Favre, you know, the, the Max Cruzes or Raphael or whatever, but also some of the things that those guys can't do that you would probably like to see in a 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1, however you want to call it. Uh, I don't think that's, that's my main issue. I don't think you can trust uh, Alexander Isaac in any kind of uh, capacity uh, as, you know, a, somewhat regular player for this team at the moment. And Maximilian Philipp really isn't the kind of player to me who who leads the line and, and likes to stay centrally all the time. He really needs someone to play off of, I feel like. So if if they can't get someone else in, I've, I kind of feel like they have to play with two guys up front with uh, most likely that being uh, Reus and Philipp playing off each other. But, you know, I don't really see uh, an option internally for them to play uh, the system they have been using the most in the friendlies, and that is with one main striker. I don't see that. Yeah, I would very much agree. Um, I read again and again that uh, Dortmund fans are hoping and wishing for Alvaro Morata. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, so just just from a wage standpoint... I would say, um, Constantine, any name on the top of your head that you would uh, sign as a as a striker at the at the moment, or would you actually say that Dortmund can find an internal uh, internal setup? <laughs> uh, Alvaro Marata. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be great. Really, really, really funny. Yeah, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, it, 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 it would be great. You're right. But I just yeah, and, and what, what, what about the way, or age, all right? I mean, they, they are about to sign Axel Witzel, the 18 million guy. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> all bets off, right? 
Alvaro Morata coming in. Um, I don't know about. I, I think Morata. Why not? Uh, maybe he has some issues with the new Chelsea coach. Maybe, um, you know, for certain reasons. And uh, there's another Chelsea guy. What about Michi Batshuayi? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, let's look at the market. Juventus probably have to sell at least one um, of their top earners, uh, which could be very well um, Gonzalo Higuain. So uh, let's say Gonzalo Higuain leaves. Has to leave uh, because they have to uh, refund some of the um, Ronaldo money. Because but haven't you heard they have all refinanced it with shirt sales? Yeah, and no. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe they will refinance it with uh, selling Chiquincentos, but uh, that's another story. Um, um, or some or types of Fiat. Um, yeah. uh, I don't think they can re- refinance it with Ferraris. Think they they don't sell enough. Um, also, Ferrari stock is down right now. So I know, I know, I know. Gonna I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the stock is down. What, what, what does it even mean, right? Uh, okay. Let's let's say they, they sell Higuain. That means Manchukic will stick around at Juventus because they they need another one, another striker. I think I I don't think he leaves. Um. So and Higuain goes to Chelsea. Then Chelsea is a bit uh, top heavy, so maybe they have to get rid of one striker, which could where well be Bajoy, or it could also where well be Morata. So, and now in comes Akiwatsuke with a bag of cash and says, "Hi, <laughs> I want one of you, the two guys. Uh, let's fight it out." Um, no, I don't know, but I think Bajoy and Morata, one of the, one of the two, could be very well, uh, you know, be or could be interesting for Dortmund. I don't know if, it's ha- if it happens, but um, I like the idea. Um, I think they, they need... Well, yeah, I think they, they need a, a, st- a striker, an additional striker. Um, I agree with Lars. Uh, don't trust Isaac too much. Um, and But I don't like the idea of Manchukic, quite frankly, because my, Manchukic is like this, this towering center forward. Um, he's I think, a walking elbow. Yeah, he's a... Wa- yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it was it, it's great for him that he plays in the same team as uh, Kielini does. Otherwise, they would just punch each other uh, in their uh, you know, encounters. Um, so I don't like Manjukic, but I like someone like Morata as as stretch forward or someone like Bajoro as seen in the in some of the matches he played for Dortmund. Although I like Morata more, um, I think a stretch forward would would uh, fit the Faber system quite well. Um, if that doesn't happen, I hope they don't go for a desperate move. Um, you know, just sign someone like Max Cruz or so, and then yeah, that that's our new uh, number nine guy. So then I would, of course, uh, hope that uh, Fafa goes back maybe to the Tlapas system with two. Um, you know, he he called. I think he called, or maybe it was Christian Streich, uh, swimming forwards or swimming number nines, uh, which which means they are moving around where they are very agile and you know not just uh, waiting up front. Um, but otherwise, I would like to have someone like Morata, a Morata type of center forward. And since there are aren't many uh, at that level, you need. Um, I still have some hope that maybe the Morata thing works out. So at least some hope. Like let's say five percent. I just checked transfer market, and they are always right. They say ten percent possibility <laughs> that Morata joins Dortmund, and there's a twenty-eight um, percent possibility that Mishibajoi joins Dortmund. So, well, I'm just glad after telling the listeners to not have any hope whatsoever about Alvaro Morata, you go on a five-minute monologue. 
stalking the flames and that's that's called hatching hatching our bets stefan we, yes. we were definitely right i mean yes one way or the other um all right um i just i i gotta be honest i i just don't see too many options and i think even though a lot of people won't like it there's a very good chance that Dortmund actually do not sign anyone for the striker position at the uh, uh, until the end of the trauma uh, summer transfer window trauma transfer window yeah trauma transfer window and um with that i think we can now yeah i don't know take a look at the uh, first impressions dortmund have recorded three wins under lucien favre against oscar wien man city and liverpool so there um Konstantin, what are your first impressions? And then Lars. Three matches, three wins, a new golden age is about to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, not much from the first match against Vienna, uh, because whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and also the, the match against uh, City, I don't know. Well, City had like a B team, although they had a few like uh, Chinchenko um, on the pitch, but yeah, I don't know about that. Who uh, was eaten alive by Pulisic? Yeah, I mean that's that's like Chinchenko playing a defensive position against a good tripler that that never works out, um, which you know he showed last season when he played left back um, a few times. Um, so yeah, what you, we could see is that Fafra, um has already, after a few training sessions, already uh, get his idea across, and um, you know they play with a tight midfield line. Um, pr the pressing scheme changed a bit here and there. First, uh, against Man City was more that, uh, the center forward and the winger, they collaborated to, um, basically, uh, crowd the, one of the, one of the center midfielders from City. Um, after, you know, the guy received the ball, um, they crowded him against Liverpool. Um, the, the two Dortmund wingers were more focused on attacking or pressuring that the, uh, opposing fullbacks when they received the ball. Um, so it, uh, there were a few changes, but the narrow midfield line was one common thing. Um, also, what you could see is that Dortmund's team played tight vertically, um, and when um, either City or Pool, um, you know, had a turnover or won the ball back or something and played played a backwards pass, um, you know, out of Dortmund's. Uh, half to the center backs who were standing, you know, at, around the halfway line. Um, Dortmund didn't really, uh, move forward. They, they s continue to sit deep, uh, which is also a far for thing. Um, I don't really like it at times. It's, it's, um, you know, um, sometimes Atletico and a few other defensive teams do that at times. They, they don't, you know, um, leave, leave their own third and, uh, sit deep so they can, don't apply too much pressure. Um, can work against you sometimes. Um, so maybe there will be a few changes in terms of build up. Um, yeah, there are these, uh, long diagonal balls, which is also a far for thing, uh, from the center backs, right, uh, to the other side of the field. Um, yeah, that can work out, especially if you play against a narrow back line. Um, and also sometimes can't work out, uh, if the opposing fullbacks are playing pretty man oriented. Um, so. But yeah, we will see. It, it works against some teams. It, it doesn't against others. Uh, but it's also a far for thing. Um, in, in other instances, um, either Diallo or especially Sagadu, um, attempted a few, 
Um, vertical passes right to Philip to the center forward. Um, so then he can have a player layoff, um, stuff like that. Also, uh, reminiscent of the Tladbach days, um, of half of Tladbach days. Um, also short corners against Dortmund. That will be something, uh, a lot of teams will try, uh, because they just, you know, they don't have any scheme, uh, defending corners, especially when they are play short. They are just standing on one. Uh, lateral line so um, that will be fun uh, seeing how Dortmund will struggle against short corners next season uh, if Farfield doesn't figure out a scheme um, you know just watch the watch the World Cup and you'll find something you can do against these type of corners uh, corner kicks and yeah that's pretty much it I think um, I mentioned or I've already mentioned that the holding midfielder doesn't really or the, the center midfielder does uh, drop back between the center backs at times. Um, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it's not really involved. It's more about giving space to someone like Sagadu that uh, Sagadu can advance. Same goes for Akanji or Toprak. Um, Diallo played as on the right side as a left-footed uh, center back, so it, there wasn't really his time to shine in terms of uh, you know tripling, advancing. So uh, we will see what he can do um, because he's pretty much a left back center-back hybrid, so I think he can also shine uh, in this situation, but he has to play as a left-sided center-back. Um, to do that, I feel more comfortable. Um, yeah, that's about it. Anything Anything I forgot? I don't know. Stefan, tell me. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask Lars first what he liked or disliked so far. Any player combinations that stood out for you? Any synergies? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm always a bit skeptical of making too much of preseason friendlies, especially the first few ones. Always kind of feels like that's more of a training session in jerseys with a few more spectators. But then again, Dortmund went with the approach of only playing really good opponents. I mean, uh, even Austria, Wien, that their season starting relatively soon, if I'm not mistaken. So. I mean, their their three opponents are much further ahead in terms of the summer preparation than Dortmund are. I mean, Dortmund have been in in training for like three weeks, not even three weeks. Uh, so, in in terms of that, I mean, it's it's kind of impressive that Farfel has managed to put his stamp on the team to an extent. But you know, there's also a case to be made that about fifty percent of what usually should be Dortmund starting eleven with everybody healthy, which you know, is never the case anyway, but in theory, uh, it hasn't been around so far. So, uh, I think they are really only doing very basic things right now. And it, it, it might look a bit better than it actually is because they've played, uh, Austria, Vienna, uh, Man City reserves and, you know, whatever combination Liverpool had on the pitch. And I would argue that Liverpool were the better side for 80 odd minutes until. Christian Pulisic woke Dortmund up uh, in in that last friendly anyway, so uh, I'm I'm not sure we should take too much out of these games. But Konstantin has made a few good points. Uh, I would add maybe that I'm not sure uh, Farfel can do what he said in his unveiling. He wants to do and that is involve the goalkeeper a lot in build up situations because Marvin Hitz, for the life of his, can't complete passes that are longer than 15 yards. Uh, I mean he's been. Terrific in goal. I mean, keeping the shots out well enough, but you know, you don't want the ball at his feet any more than you did with Roman Weidenfeller, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, and it's also not the greatest strength of one Roman Birki. So maybe that's more of a plan for, you know, down the road. Maybe they can 
involve Luca Unbehauen in, in two or three years if Faf was even there at that point, obviously, uh, because he's really good with the ball at his feet. But, you know, uh, he said he wants to involve them early on in, in, in the build-up phase, and I don't really see how that's going to happen. Uh, in terms of individual performances, I've been uh, happy with all the centre-backs, basically. Uh, they've done well in possession, uh, with maybe the exception of Diallo against Liverpool, but as Konstantin said, he's played on the right side in that game, so um, that doesn't really count. He's clearly a left-footed player, only playing on the left side usually, so that was an odd one for him. I think they wouldn't have done it if Ömer uh, Toprak hadn't been injured. Um, and and the the question was then to either play Zagadou for 90 minutes and test him on both sides or just stick Diallo there uh, for, for 45 minutes. I think he can handle that having one bad game in, in summer prep, so that, that wasn't a huge issue. Uh, thought Mario Götze looked pretty good so far, uh, even though I'm still not sure what his actual role is going to end up being uh, when everybody's involved. You know, he was almost a, a holding midfielder against Vienna and then more of a, a left-sided eight in the other two games. But, you know, just from... From the way he looked, he, he seems to be in good shape, uh, seems to have taken rejection where in terms of not baking the World Cup squad, which was probably a blessing in disguise in many ways now, uh, looking back on things. And uh, one final shout out, I think from the younger guys, you know, the the Bornic, Larsen, Sergio Gomez, uh, Alex Isak, I think Larsen has by far been the most impressive to me. He was really good, for example, uh, against Man City and with Dortmund letting go of... Uh, Jabulenko and knock on wood Andre Schöle and only signing so far Marius Wolf. I think he also has, you know, a somewhat realistic shot at making match day squads, which is not something uh, many people would have foreseen when he came back from loan to uh, 4th Stuttgart. So I think he's making the most of uh, his opportunities, which is really what, you know, a trip to the USA like this is about for these young guys. So he's doing well. Yes, I can certainly with uh, agree with all that you two just said. I think, I, I, I mean, it's it's almost too basic to point out, but um, I really like that Dortmund finally look cohesive again, that they have some coherence and that uh, there are not wide gaps in midfield. I really do like that um, they managed to find a vertical ch a channel between a, a attacking half space and a building center back we've seen these uh passes a couple of times and uh it was really interesting to see um wolf to be yeah very i don't know i don't want to say in the center but uh for for a winger especially against liverpool i think it was um he moved a lot to the to the inside to be open for this kind of pass um don't think he received that many but nevertheless it's it's interesting to see a more yeah, just a better position of play. Uh, I think this is something we haven't seen really much of last season under Peter Bosch. I, I wasn't too impressed with the position of play and under Peter Sugar, it just vanished completely in, in my view. And it's just really refreshing on the eyes to, to see Dortmund under Favre. Um, I, I know it's, it's, it's very basic and very general. And I'm absolutely certain that, uh, you know, once the season starts, we will see a lot more tactical elements because there's more time to, to 
you know, just train on the training ground. And obviously there will be more and better players, I guess, available. So, um, there are other things I think Favre still wants to do, but, you know, just looking at the basics, I'm also not a friend of taking away too much, uh, just now, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of positional play, it looks good. And, um, I at least think that Dortmund are also improving their counterattacks again. I know Lucien Favre has said that, uh, Every great team needs to be good at counterattacks because other teams need to be scared of that element. And uh, he makes a very good point. And Dortmund last season had a lot of opportunities where they uh, completely botched it on the break. And that was, I guess, frustrating, especially for a lot of people who have fallen in love with Dortmund as a team that uh, plays really well on the transition. And uh, more often than not, we uh, just didn't see that uh, last season. And uh, so having that reignited is good. I I don't know how it will pan out later. But um, yeah, Constantine, you already mentioned the set piece defending. Um, I also haven't seen uh, too many uh, great routines uh, going forward with the set pieces. That's also maybe still a concern. And uh apparently set pieces are becoming a little bit more important this season even so i really hope favre and his coaching staff catch up on 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 that because it's it's going to be important and if uh you know if you lose games because of that that would be uh, very frustrating and i don't know about you guys but i have a hunch that dortmund will have a lot of one uh, nil wins um this season and yeah that's I don't know my two cents on on the preseason so far, and actually kudos to Sebastian Rode. He didn't get a mention yet, but I actually thought that teaming up with Mario Götze in the number eight position it didn't look half bad, and uh, I, he has been out for such a long time that any shred of positivity is is good because I don't think he will leave the club. So, um, yeah, but 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 happy. that's what he does, Stefan. He he always looks good in preseason. Then real games come about and. He gets so scared of advancing the ball that, that seemingly every pass is backwards and then he gets injured. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you could have... Wasn't there, stats, you could, wasn't there a stats bump stat the other uh, uh, one, one season in his first season, I think, where he had like 33 yards backwards on average or something like no, that? No, I think that wasn't stats bump. That was Dustin Ward who contributed to, to stats bump uh, Sundays on Saturdays on couch on Twitter. But yet, in, I mean, you could mention Rode having uh, had a solid off season so far, but you know, it's it's pointless. He's going to get injured at some point and not play a huge factor in the season. So, all right, miss a positive outlook, last Paulman <laughs> at it again. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't think we have to mention Pulisic, right? Good, um, because he has done rather well, and it's good to see him refreshed after being very much cooked last at the end of last season where not not much was going well for him also because i think he had the first third most minutes right behind Burki and socrates so you know it's it's good to see everyone refresh again i wonder if the same will count for the guys that will rebound with the team after the world cup vacation so yeah anything else to talk about or can we knock it on the head now That's uh, not so resounding, no. So I guess let's start the intro. Lars, it was, as always, good to have you on. 
and thank you for all your insights. How can people find you on Twitter and read all your work? Uh, they can follow me at Lars Polman uh, and, you know, find all the links there. Konstantin, thanks for coming on as well. How can people get in touch with you and find and read all your work? At cc underscore easyknr on Twitter. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks <laughs> to everyone for listening. I'm at Stefan Butzko on Twitter. You can get in touch with all of us on at YellowWorb. And if you want to subscribe to the show, please do that on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And otherwise, I hope everyone is still enjoying the summer and we will be back with more content in at least two weeks. Until then, goodbye.